The By the Hood podcast is brought to you by the book, Own Your Time and Space, written by Corey Camp and Jimmy the Blueprint Williams. All throughout history, you will see time and space as having significant importance, but never discussed as it will be in this book. You can learn the true importance of time and space and how having a better understanding of these concepts can lead to a better life. It deals with ownership of not only your time, but the space around you. You can get your copy at ownyourtimeandspace.com or you can go right to Amazon and look up Own Your Time and Space. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the Body Hood podcast slash webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. As usual, I'm your host. My name is Jimmy. Uh, Corey's not with us this evening. He's out in the streets, you know, doing some of the work, but we got to keep got to keep it moving, man. Um, as usual, we have a very special guest on. We like to highlight brothers and sisters who are doing positive and amazing work in the community. Um, I just want to say thank you for all the support we got thus far, all the feedback, all the comments, the negative and positive. We read it all, and um, we just appreciate you people sharing our um, our content because, like I always say on, on a lot of episodes, man, we like to share the uh, you know, a lot of the nonsense, which I'm guilty of watching myself. You know what I'm saying? I'll be, I'll be on the shade room. I ain't going to hold you. But at the same time, <laughs> we need some balance, man. We got to have some balance out there, man. So make sure you share this content as well. Um, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, you know, um, leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Also, we got the new Bodyhood merch. You can find that link in our bio and everything like that. But um, without further ado, man, we want to get right into it. Um, this brother I got coming on tonight is a civil, civil engineer. Um, he's also out of, uh, as my friends like to let me know, is not Newark, is Newark. He's out of Newark. You know what I'm saying? He's an African-American developer. On January 14th, um, he just had a, uh, the city just, you know, had a groundbreaking ceremony for his 12th project. So he's doing amazing stuff out there. And we want to get him to tell his story. Um, so without further ado, we got Sari Morris in the building. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, man. Thank you for having me, man. I oh, appreciate man. it, man. Yeah, thank you for your time, man. <laughs> right, right. Um, let's get right into it, man. Um, you born and raised in Newark? Yeah, man. I'm uh I'm born and raised, man. I've been in Newark for about 37 years now, man. So Okay. You know, I come, I come, like I tell it like I tell everybody, you know, I call it Newark Brick City. I'm a part of the ingredients of the bricks. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> so I see that um, you're a civil engineer by trade. Um, and for the folks that don't know, what exactly does a civil, because we know there's a lot of engineers. You got electrical engineers, chemical yep. engineers. What does a civil engineer actually do? Like what's, what's that base, you know? Yeah, right. So, so a civil engineer encompasses a lot of different elements of, uh, of, uh, of construction, right? So you got below ground, you got at grade, right? And then you've got above ground. So myself, I deal with things that are below ground, like utilities, uh, drainage, uh, stormwater. So what that means is, is like when you flush your toilet, where does that go? Gotcha. So it goes underground through some pipes, through some big underground detention bases, and it discharges to like a, a waste treatment facility, right? Okay. So that's the, that's, the, that's the part of the engineering that I specialize in. Um, and the other parts of it is um, at grades <clears throat> is when you're dealing with like foundations and utility designs, which I do some of as well. And then you have structural, which makes sure that all of the buildings and everything are structurally valuable. Okay. Nice. Well, thank you for breaking that down. So yeah. um, I guess, obviously you might have to go to school for that. Uh, where'd you go to school? Yeah, I went to school at uh, Rutgers University, uh, but it all, but you know, my, my, it all started with uh, university high school. That's where I first got the, the, uh, the itch to, you know, do civil engineering. Okay. Okay. Did you come from a background of engineers or what was it that led you into that? <clears throat> nah, you know what? I came from a background of 
every regular kid in the hood, you know. Say <laughs> less. I got you. Don't even go into you know any any details or whatever. But uh, the good thing about it was that I always had like good uh, leaders, good role models in my family and the community and school. So uh, when I went to uh, university high school, my senior year, um, you know, I was roaming the halls and stuff like that. I used to play ball. I used to be pretty good. So. You know, we had a few extra privileges and stuff. So <laughs> the, the vice principal grabbed me up. Like, yo, she said, come into my office right before graduation. And she was like, uh, you know, I think you would be a good civil engineer. I'm, I've never heard of it in my life. And I'm like, all right. Then she's like, I'm going to hook you up with my husband who worked at PSNG as a civil engineer. And uh, we never got to link up. So, but when I went to school, I was, good at, I was good at school. So I wanted to do like English or something. So my first like two months up in Rutgers, I'm like, nah, this ain't gonna work. So I said, I'm gonna do the civil engineering. So my first introduction to civil engineering came from like a two minute conversation with the vice principal at the school. I mean, but that shows you how important having people in the community looking out for you are, right? So <laughs> now you're one of those people, like looking out for the youngest, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> let me ask you a question, what is, what is it she saw on you? What made her say like, you know, out of everything, like a civil engineer, what was it? You know, my, uh, my wife asked me the same thing. And I, you know, only thing I could only thing I could think about now is that I'm a people person. You know, I got like a, a big personality. I'm cool. I'm easy to get along with. And with civil engineers, and I'm I was also good at math in school and stuff. So okay, um, with civil engineers, like most other engineers in their professions, they kind of be in office design and stuff like that. But with civil engineers, we do design work, but we also out meeting people. We out in the field. We on the construction sites. We meet with different politicians and municipalities and stuff. So I guess you saw my people skills. You know, so I was very likable and I was intelligent. Okay, that's dope. That's dope. So it's a combination of like you know, um, you know your your, your personality as well as like you, you still had that you had that math down though, right? Yeah, no, you got you got you. I had that math I was, right. I was playing ball in the math Olympics same year. Oh, I heard that. I heard that the math Olympics. That's fire. <laughs> math Olympics. So, so 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 you know, um, your background is in civil engineering, and you know you got into real estate developments. I know that your recent one, um, you're literally buying back the block. We talk a lot about buy the block and buy the hood, buy the block, but. You're literally out here doing it um, with your 12th project. Um, mm -hmm. How did you get into development? I mean, I I'm assuming the civil engineer part kind of led you into development, but mm -hmm. what was it specifically that, you know, say, you know, instead of having this nine to five, I'm, I'm you know, going to do multiple things. Gotcha. Very simple, right? So, you know, I like they say when people, they had that one moment in your life mm -hmm. where this one thing changed their life forever. You know, mine was, I was a civil engineer working for a large real estate developer. And it was probably like my, second year in there and I was probably making like $63,000 a year. And the developer, uh, you know, they told me one day, they was like, listen, I need you to go upstairs and uh, help his captain bring some fish down to the basement to the fridge. I'm like, what you mean captain? You know, what you talking about fish? They come to find out the owner of the company had a hundred foot yacht, full-time staff, <laughs> had, a, had, a, had a private plane, full-time playing staff, cribs everywhere. So from that point on, I'm like, hold on. That ain't gonna work for me. So at that, so that was my first introduction in the real estate. So I said, you know, instead of designing for this billionaire, why not just do it for myself? Cause I already know it. Yeah, uh, right. see, that's crazy, right? Um, I was you. having a conversation with my wife about that earlier. We were talking about how like success leaves clues. And a lot of times in life, mm. you just look at what somebody who's doing, like somebody who's doing what you wanna do, you look at what they do and you basically just, just do it, right? It's, it's so simple, right? So when you talk about that story, it just resonates with me because um, I started out um, while in college in politics. Oh, okay. Right? So I was a political science major, but then as an intern um, working on campaigns, I noticed that everybody, um, when certain people made phone calls, the candidates 
took their phone calls right away. Didn't matter what was going on, right? So then you start to ask questions. What do you do? Oh, I'm in the real estate. I own stocks. I'm like, well, you got all the power. So forget the candidate, forget the politics. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then at the same time, I was reading Dr. Claude Anderson's book, Poweronomics, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So after I read that and Great I actually book. actually saw that in play, I was like, all right, I got to get on the other side of the fence. And that's why your story kind of resonates with me. You, Because basically you just saw somebody like, hold on, I'm doing this. Because a lot of people would have took 63K and it's been cool. They'd have chilled. Oh, no. Nah, yeah. but, you, but you saw something and was like, I'm just going to do what he's doing. Yeah, now nah, for for me, you know, think about it. You know, I'm an engineer, so I, I I'm taught to break down and analyze things, right? So I'm looking at it like this is a problem for me. I was making 63. I was probably like 23, no, maybe like 24, and uh, I'm like, you know, this ain't really a lot of money for me at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I seen what he was doing. I'm like, hold on, if I'm designing it for him, I could definitely do it for myself. And also too. A good thing about it, too, is that he had all of the knowledge and he had all of the, the, the resources and he wasn't afraid to share it and share a story or give me a pass. Like, so, for example, like you say, with politics and stuff, um, you know, uh, you saw how things transpired and stuff and it might have inspired you to go a certain way. With the person I was working for, I just simply asked him, say, what do I have to do to get to yesterday to get to be at your level? And he was like, just buy one house, then buy another and buy another. And I was like, all right, I can do that. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, broke, it. broke it down real simple for you. Basically, I, I, I literally, I bought one house and I bought another, then I bought another, then I started buying land and now it's, you know, it's going at a, a very uh, accelerated rate right now. Oh man, that's amazing. That's an amazing story. And and salute to him for sharing the information because, you know, um, man, everything's in abundance. You know, a lot of times people operate from a place of scarcity and are afraid mm-hmm. to share information, but he shared the information with you. So it's probably going to come back on him you know, tenfold too, just for putting yeah. you down. Yeah, absolutely. Now I told him too. I said, uh, you know, same as see at the table. I'll be this soon. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. I heard that. So your newest project, it made a, it made it made national news. A lot of news. I saw a lot of articles about it. I saw you. I saw the news uh, covered you or whatever. Yeah. Explain to us what your um your newest project is about. All right. So uh, my newest project is uh, is a six unit affordable housing development. It consists of two three family homes. Uh, and we are targeting families. Uh, we try to keep, you know, all of our projects affordable uh, so that it falls within the affordable limits within the state of New Jersey, specifically Essex County. Uh, but all of the, the, the six apartments are three bedrooms, two bathrooms, uh, stainless steel appliances, uh, hardwood bamboo floors. We uh, provide the washer and dryer hookup, um, rooftop uh, terrace. Uh, and, you know, we think that the that this type of uh, product is something that we can replicate, something similar to like a cookie cutter. Because in our communities, the one things that we like to do for my business is that we like to cater to families. We like to cater to moms and dads with, with large families. So this is three bedrooms, two bathrooms, uh, and there's, there's a lot of space, and it's, it's, it's a great way and a great place for somebody to grow a family affordably. Yeah, and I, I see that you have, like, a social component to what you're doing, too. Because um, in reading about what you're doing, like, I, I see a lot of the politicians, like, love you, man. they like... We need to replicate this. You know, I saw some good words from the politicians about what you're doing. Yeah, um, so, definitely. you know, so is there like a social component? Is it like something that you think about when you go into a project? Well, I would say this, right? You know, as a developer, you know, we want to go where we're taught to go where the grass is the greenest, right? So we want to be in the downtown areas. We want to be where, you know, we have the highest uh, median income and things like that. Uh, I approach things from just a need-based standpoint, right? 
Um, I look at where I grew up at and I specifically target the areas in which I grew up at, you know, was, you know, got low issues with crime, you know, maybe lower income. Um, and I seen that as just a need. So, you know, my thing, I would say it, it, it comes from a social standpoint, but for me, I look at it as a way that uh, I can give back in a way where something is really untapped. Like in these areas, like in, in what we call the hood and the neighborhoods and stuff, it is so rich and it's so gold and it's so right with so much, so much uh, equity, so much uh, liquidity, you know, so much potential that it's, 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 it's endless in my opinion. So I don't want to go nowhere. I want to stay right here. Yeah, and and you you hit it right, right? Because <laughs> you hit it right there because there there is so much value there. Oh man, right? You don't want to wait until someone else comes in your neighborhood and then all of a sudden you say, oh man, you know you want to recognize the value now. Like I tell people every day, man, stop selling grandma's house, man. Because mm. <laughs> listen, man, mm. we we see it all the time, all the time, right? Tell because there's so much there's so much value in there. Because a lot of times when the quote unquote hood is always has access to. The highways is a lot of times it's not too far from the, the central business area of whatever mm-hmm. city and it's a city to city i see this right yep. i've been in chicago on the west side in the, in the quote-unquote hood and i mean at this point they're 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 gentrifying that too yeah. but um you see the same thing right so it's a lot of value there but i love what you're doing because you know you're helping people who will be displaced and you're providing a quality service one of the things about being a developer mm-hmm. even a landlord is that um if you provide a quality space, you, you, it's customer service work. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Customer service work. So exactly. you still have to provide a quality. It's not about being a slumlord. It's about providing a quality housing to your people. So, and I, want, I wanted to say one thing, too. Uh, uh, another black developer, a little older than me, a friend of mine named Kimbo, uh, he's doing a 50-unit project in Orange, New Jersey. Um, and, he, and, you know, we, 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 we partner and we're looking to do some things together. And, and he told me, he's always stuck with me. Um, he said that the same land that is in the hood, if you take that same parcel and put it in downtown Nook, they would say that it's more valuable, but it's the same land. Mm-hmm. It has the same value. So we can't let others dictate the value in our communities. Just like you said, you know, like we're selling grandma's house. It's that, that no matter what, you, we, have to, we have to retain our assets because if we don't own our properties in our areas, then we really have no uh, uh, no foundation, no foundation to fight from. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and and real estate is 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 very important for that because real estate's always going to have value, right? Um, Absolutely. There's an acronym like you know if, if you ever like study real estate, it's called DUS because real estate is des- desirable. It has utility, scarcity, and it's transferable, right? Mm. So, so those are the reasons real estate will always have value. Mm. Um, and the fact of the matter is a lot of times um, our, our ancestors, our grandparents or whatever, they, they, they were smart enough to buy the land. Absolutely. Buy That's why it like, irritates me so much when I see people sell that off. You can't, man. You can't because it's going to be value. And then you'll, then you'll drive back by and say, oh, man, I wish I would have. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. Um, but what you're doing is amazing, man. What what is the uh the future like? As you, after you finish this project, I hear you say cookie cutter. So you want to replicate this throughout the city? Well, uh, yes. Just just uh, when I say cookie cutter in terms of uh, a housing concept type, right? Okay. But in ter- but in terms of the future, um, you know, we want to still continue with our you know three family homes and smaller little developments, right? Mm-hmm. But now we're looking to have a greater impact by doing larger buildings, right? 
So now we're trying to take the, the same strategy of affordability with quality housing and apply it on like a larger scale. So, you know, towards the end of this year, we'll be doing the 20 unit uh, building uh, actually on a block that I grew up on, Astor Street in Newark. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah. I, know that feel, I know that feels it, amazing, right? It's, it's, yep, it's, it's literally uh, my cousin's house is right across the street from my grandmother lived that and my mother. So, I, you know, I bought that 7,000 square foot parcel. Uh, and we're going to do 20 units there. The other good thing about that is that that building is called the Michael, which is dedicated to my uh, my late brother, my late younger brother. You know, so we grew up, you know, on that block. And, uh, you know, some of the old houses, I got a brick that I'm encasing the building, oh, you know, just dope. to just to kind of, you know, give us a sentimental value. So uh, we have that 20 unit building. Then also um, we're doing 64 units in a, uh, another uh uh, community in, in Newark in the West Ward. Uh, we're doing another 80 units in the uh, South Ward. And we have, you know, a, a lot of different other um, concepts, a lot of developments that we got coming on. I just wanted to say one thing too, that's, that's a little different, um, is that I also do container home housing. Uh, wow. You know, yep, yeah. So um, you probably haven't, we, we started it a few years ago. We had a lot of publicity, like the Wall Street Journal and things like that. So, uh, but right now um, we currently have the first, approved multi-family shipping container design wow. uh, in the state of New Jersey. I've never it's, seen that one. Yeah, it's different. It's different. Um, and, uh, you know, we're looking to ramp up construction again in April. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we are very excited about this, this housing concept because this is something where we can literally have an impact on homeless housing, veterans housings, uh, uh, elderly housing in, 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 in an affordable way. That's interesting, right? Because um, last year, um, I spoke at a conference last year in Portland, right? Mm -hmm. And it was a guy who did a presentation on um, tiny homes and, and yeah. shipping homes, right? Yeah. But one of the things that stood out to me about that, and, and maybe you can shed some light on this, he said that uh, a lot of people go into it for the same reason you just said, because they want to try to figure out ways that are sustainable and try to try to help people. Mm -hmm. He said, but when you look at the data, most of the tiny homes and, and, and those kind of homes are owned by people who have means. They're mm -hmm. not even being used in the current climate no one has really been able to figure out because um costs, mm -hmm. right? Because of the cost, right? Mm -hmm. So you have all this land. And I know that happened in Detroit and it was somewhere else where people try to take a bunch of land and put like these small container homes or affordable homes. Mm -hmm. But people who had money, like millionaires were buying them because they just thought it was cool. Like it, it didn't really, you know, fit for what it was used for. Mm -hmm. What kind of costs, like how do you keep, how do you bring the cost down and doing those container homes? All right. So in terms of, so just, just my, I got to preface it by saying this is our first project, right? So okay. this one here, we taking the bumps and bruises, we learning and, you know, now we yeah. think we have it down pack, right? So with the containers, you got to keep the designs very simple, right? As you stack them two and three and four stories high, that's where the price gets a lot higher because of the welding, right? But if you keep it maybe like a, a four container development, uh, you put two containers on the ground floor, two containers on top, you want to stack them directly on each other so that uh, the loading and the structural bearings wouldn't be as uh, as significant. Um, and you just want to keep it a real simple uh, two, one, two, three bedroom concept, uh, simple utility hookups. And in this way, if you do it like that in a very small, simple way, um, you can get the savings that you need. Uh, we have different concepts with different designs. Like we have like a single house, a single family, one level. Um, and with our uh, analysis, we think that we can get the price down to about 15% from, you know, where the construction uh, currently is. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. So listen, along this journey, um, 
uh, if if what has been your biggest hurdle or biggest thing you had to get over, if you could share with our audience, something that you went through or or maybe you know um, something that you overcome, that, but your biggest hurdle in in getting to where you are today. Uh, simple uh, is unlocking my mind, right? So um, a lot of times we may say it's money, is 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 access, is credit, is is uh, people giving us the opportunity to purchase. For me, uh, my biggest obstacle was me seeing outside of the the world that I've created to understand that, you know, I can actually do it. Right. So, you know, it took me several years of trying and failing, going in debt, going back to my mother-in-law's house for three years with my wife and kid. It, it took a lot for me to go through that. But once I unlocked my mind and, and wasn't afraid to take on these larger projects, that's when I started having more prosperity, you know, in my business and life. Nice. Man, that's that's amazing. That's that's amazing, right? Yeah. And another thing I want to ask you before we get you out of here is, um, if you could recollect, like, I'm I'm pretty sure that you know you've had someone or a book or something that inspired you. What would you say is a, a book or maybe a someone or a quote or something that has inspired you along this way? Wow. All right. So now this one really got nothing to do with real estate. Is a that's book cool. By, yeah. Okay. It's it's a book uh by I forgot. It's like Tanashi Coates, I believe it is. Tanahasi Coates. Tanahasi Coates is uh, mm-hmm. called Between the World and Me. Yeah, the letter um, to his, uh, his letter son. To, right? Letter to his son. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in that book, it wasn't a particular quote, uh, but just the overall narrative and synopsis about uh, how being uh, Black in America, you know, we aren't as valued how we should be, mm-hmm. right? And, and just in reading that book, and I literally just finished reading that book like two months ago, it okay. gave me it gave me a newfound perspective and value for myself as a as a father, and it gives me a new way and a, and a new ideology to think about how I should raise my son and the different things I should influence him to. So it's not even I can't even say it's really about a black and white in terms of the book, but it's just a different it's just the, the African American perspective, and I think yeah. it's a phenomenal book. Oh man, that 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 definitely is. Um, yeah. he has another book too. Uh, we wrote a couple books at this point, but he had one that came yeah. before that, which was about. His story, and that was pretty good too. By him oh. growing up in inner city Baltimore, I gotta take a look at that. Yeah, take yeah. a look at that because yeah, he's a he's a phenomenal writer. But I, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you said that though, because like I said, it didn't have to be real estate related. But I'm everybody who has any level of success when I talk to them, there's always something, whether a book, or music, whatever, maybe something that gave them inspiration. And I think that's dope. Yeah. So, so listen, I'm, I'm gonna give you one more book too. Sure. So. Listen, you can give me as many books as you want yeah, to. Yeah, I love yeah. talking about books. So what is another and, one for? And, and I the the one that I would say that started it all was the uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon. Napoleon Hill. Hill. Napoleon that's 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 the that's the start of me opening up my mind and unlocking you know what I have inside. Yeah. Since we've been doing this podcast, uh, that book, Think and Grow Rich and Rich Dad Poor Dad, are like the I mean, two. That's books. A, yeah, two books that uh everybody. So you know, it's it's amazing to see like what kind of impact books can have. Yeah, um, man. I'm gonna be honest. I, I'm I was always one of the people like I'm not reading at all, <laughs> even though yeah. I'm an engineer, right? Uh, but I wasn't a big reader. But you know, after reading those books, it gave me a different perspective. Yeah, so, yeah. For me, it was weird though, cause like I hated reading in school, cause I hated some of the stuff that was assigned to me, like. Mm. Like I don't, don't want to read Shakespeare, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to read. You know what I'm saying, but you read me something about you know flipping some houses, something like that. I'm all in, right? Word, word, you know what I mean, word. so you know. Yeah, but man, yeah. listen, um, this, this has been an amazing talk, man. I, listen, I really appreciate you giving us your time, man. I wish yeah, you the best, and um, I know a lot of people will be inspired by you sharing your story mm-hmm. and also what you're doing for your own community, man. Because nobody's coming to save us, people like Mm-mm. we need brothers like this who are willing to stand up and he's going right back to where he came from and he's improving Mm-mm. it himself. Like, 
you know, gentrify it yourself, but also take care of the people. And that's what you're doing, man. So salute to you for that. You know, I appreciate it, man. I just, like I tell everybody, you know, who listen, who may hear this, uh, you know, and I wanted to congratulate you guys on having a, a pretty decent following, man. I, I, was, I was very excited. I was happy when I saw that. So salute to you. But for those who are listening and might be viewing this, don't look at it and not act on what you're hearing and the information I'm sharing. Absolutely. Like we look all day, you know, but it's time for us to act. Like Absolutely. you say, nobody come here to save us. So that's right. It's not just about the information, it's about the application. Absolutely. So if you're doing your end, I'm doing my end. Now we gotta inspire others to be able to uphold their parts. Absolutely, man. And like I said, um everybody comes on here, man. Now you're an alumni, you're part of the family. So we're gonna I make sure that we share make sure we share all your social media contacts. So you know Same here, man. reach out to you, man. But um just wanna say uh thanks for your time. But also, listen, man, continue success, man, and you know, um I'm gonna check you out when I get out in Newark, cause uh, yeah, I always tell yeah, people, yeah. I always tell people like, well, you know, I have friends that live out there, and they be like, man, it's not Newark, it's Newark. Newark, man, you Newark, man. Yeah, man. And to the people out there, man, make sure you share this episode. Take a look at what this brother is doing, and if you in Newark, go by and see his uh, projects. Yeah, um, know. you know, and as we always say, man, it's not about how much money you make, it's about how much you keep. Game elevates, man, and we will check y'all out on the next episode. Peace. Peace.